Are you ready to talk Padres baseball? We've got you covered. Now is the right time to bring back Padres Social Hour as we await the start of the regular season. Friar Faithful, get ready to sit back, relax, and join the conversation. Now, coming to you from everyone's homes around San Diego and beyond, it's Padres Social Hour with your host, Jesse Agler. And a very pleasant Tuesday evening to you. Thank you for joining us on Padres Social Hour and Padre Broadcast. And Jesse Agler got a fun one in store for you as we try to inform, distract, entertain a little bit uh, for the next 45, 60, 70, I don't know, minutes uh, over the course of uh, this evening. We hope to make it just a little bit better for you. Big day in terms of baseball news. Certainly talk about that in just a moment. Also, Padre reliever Emilio Pagan will join us and we'll check in with former Padre Keith Bell as well. Hope everybody had a nice Memorial Day weekend. Certainly one unlike any other that uh, any of us have experienced. I'll be joined throughout the show today by, uh, I'm going to remember this time, Brady Phelps and by 1976 National League Cy Young Award winner, Randy Jones. RJ, good to see you. I can't, he complains one time and you got to introduce him first. <laughs> He's killing me, man. I don't understand that, guys. But hope you guys had a great weekend. It's great to see you. <laughs> it's great to see you, Randy. Uh, I. It's not that I'm – obviously, I'm not more important than you. Everybody knows that. But when it comes to introducing me first, he can just say my name. There is no title. Just idiot uh, former blogger guy. And then he gets to, you know, roll out the carpet for the Cy Young Award. Yeah. So it's really just giving you your proper – uh, you know, recognition that you deserve and me nothing. So that's either, that's really the gist of it. Either way, gentlemen, I Brady, you asked me earlier, and I just, uh, you know, you announced right now on, on, on the show, I, you know, my mom passed away uh, this past Sunday, uh, probably the biggest baseball fan. She was 94 years old, gentlemen, and she uh, just loved the game. And, you know, we uh, we all have our stories growing up, but, you know, uh, and she didn't have a choice. She had to have a passion for baseball because I was in the middle of it and, in my whole life and uh you know yeah i miss her but it was she had a she had a wonderful life and you know sure enjoyed a lot of great baseball memories and you know all the way to the end last year i had her down in the suite to watch a ball game and uh you know just just a diehard fan it's great but it's gonna be missed but you know she's in a better place yeah. Well, beautiful memories. Thank you for sharing that with us. And uh, yeah. obviously, on behalf of all of us, very sorry, uh, certainly for your loss. Uh, I don't think I got the opportunity to, to meet her. I've met a lot of your family. and I don't think I met your mom, but I can only imagine, uh, you know, after having gotten to know the rest <laughs> of the plan, just how wonderful a woman she was. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah, she was great. You remember the, you know, all the times, even when you were a kid, you had to drive you everywhere, all over the place for a ball game somewhere, you know. And she was always right there. And I don't care if it was an all-star game, mom and dad, they'd show up. And uh, we, we just had some wonderful times and wonderful memories. Mm, beautiful. Well, thank you again uh, for, for sharing with us. Brady, by the way, did, did you refer to yourself as former blogger? Did I catch that correctly? I mean, I don't know that I've written a blog. Um, first of all, Randy, love you. I know we already talked about it before the show. Um, heart goes out to you. So, um, yeah, big big hugs and in your way virtually my friend um but yeah i don't i just haven't you know necessarily updated the website i'm more i'm more of a podcaster now than i am a blogger and i think that i haven't even podcasted through coronavirus either so i mean so I, how, how should i introduce you i guess is, is what i'm coming at here oh that's what you're getting at great uh pancake yeah. pancake dude pancake dude i do still make pancakes so there is something to be said there why is the Dang. pancake guy talking baseball on, on the show i don't <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. Let me let me try to come up with something. I really it, have, you got have, really... have you done a Jesse Agler pancake yet? No, I haven't. I probably do I, should. Do I have How to much to work with here, RJ? Do I, do I have to make a donation? Do I have to bribe you to make it? Was I would welcome some donations. There's oh, there's Hammer and Hank. Hammer yeah. don't hurt him. Henry uh, Aaron, Jesse <laughs> Agler, reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> I I would be happy to make um a, a Jesse pancake, uh an, an RJ pancake. And I will tell you, Randy, there's a little bit of a confession time here. I, I cheated on you and I hosted a show with what? Mudcat last week. So Did you? I apologize. I'm coming clean. Um but Mud and Orsillo, they both have asked for pancakes as well. So I got a lot on my plate. And good news is the thing that I'm worst at than anything is making faces into pancakes. So I'm, well, you I'm, know, the, the, the thing is, Jesse, is I, I want to taste one. I mean, I've seen them, you know, I've seen the pictures. <laughs> That's anybody, a very interesting point. Anybody, like, anybody eat these damn point. things? I want to eat one. Maybe, you know? maybe, you know, if I ever make it out to your place. Maybe. What do you mean maybe? Threats, <laughs> when the, if, if, if maybe if you threaten to not, you know hurt me while I'm out there and, and force me to, um, you know, clean the garage and things like that, then maybe if I come bringing an offering of a pancake, that will be a sufficient enough payment for you to be kind. But that, you, that, that could be compensation. Yeah. Okay. I'll make a Marie one too. You've made, or is that like asking your favorite child? <laughs> um, you know, what's funny The I made one of, and this is uh, the reason I remember it so well, it, it was the San Diego chicken. And I, I, I loved it because it was the first time that I had gotten the really kind of fine point needle uh, and tips to make so you can really do with precision. And it was the first time I had um, used these tips. So I didn't know what it was going to turn out like. And with a pancake, it's always like you make it and you could spend 45 minutes on a pancake, flip it over and it is complete garbage. It looks nothing like you thought it was going to look like. But on this chicken, right, I did the flip and I, I don't like to admit this. It's embarrassing, but I, I mean, I, I flipped it. and I was like, oh, and I was so excited <laughs> because it turned out exactly how I wanted it to turn out. And like the little fine tips actually worked to make you know better details. So I do remember making the, the chicken pancake. So pretty good. Not, yeah, yeah, but, not my favorite. But, but Jesse, what do you do with them after you make them? You give them to the kids. Thank you. Yes. I gave them to the kids a lot. of. I mean, some, I had I had like a, I had a couple Dog. of them in the freezer for five years and my wife was like why do you and one of them was van gogh's uh starry night and that was the one that they put when when the pancakes made it to us weekly magazine you know i'd been on sports center twice in one week and i was like to my wife i was like this is kind of a big deal you know there was on the svp show another you know pancake was on sports center and she was like eh, whatever and then a bunch of her friends texted her and they were on us weekly and she's like wow this is a big deal it's on us weekly and i'm like it wasn't a big deal when it was on sports center what are we doing here so anyway uh, yes, mostly threw them away because I, no kid needs to eat that many pancakes, first of all. Wow. And then the, the food coloring factor, it's like, I don't I mean, yeah, it's edible, but I mean, how much food coloring do we want to be pumping into your children? Yeah, you blue tongue or red tongue or brown tongue. Whatever. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Uh, as for baseball 2020, let's dive into that. Uh, let, let me just kind of set the stage for people who have not, and bless you, you're wiser than us, uh, not been following it day by day, blow by blow here. Basically, uh, it was pretty quiet last week, at least the back end of last week. And then news kind of emerged on maybe Friday or Saturday. Major League Baseball will be making their formal financial presentation to the players 
probably today, Tuesday. And they ended up doing that. Um, you know, there have been a lot of talk about what MLB might propose to the players, um, but they hadn't actually made any proposals. So today was that day. It was a big day. There was a meeting. There was a conference call. There was a proposal given. And uh, if you're wondering uh, how that went, well, here you go. Uh, this is the uh, Evan Drellick from The Athletic Report on how it went. The MLBPA is very disappointed with MLB's economic proposal today, source tells me and Ken Rosenthal, calling additional cuts proposed, quote, massive. League offered to share more playoff revenue, put, but on balance, those dollars are small compared to what players give up the Players Association beliefs. So obviously not like the most encouraging thing to see on your Twitter feed in the middle of the afternoon today. Um, guys, all, all I know and all I can say is this is a very, very big week. Uh, you hear the term make or break being thrown around a lot. Uh, again, Major League Baseball would like to see spring training 2.0 begin like June 10th. And so in order for that to become a possibility or a reality, they need to get everything economic and health-wise buttoned up with the Players Association probably by the end of this week, maybe into early next week at the latest. So this is a huge time, a huge moment. And again, that doesn't sound particularly positive, but guys, we've been through enough of these before, both with baseball, other sports, other things to know. Day one does not a negotiation make. And, and Randy, I imagine that it is kind of like the, the first inning of a nine inning game. And maybe one team jumps out to a four nothing lead, but that certainly doesn't mean anything in terms of the, the final result of this thing. That's well, number one, you've got to have a starting point, gentlemen. Now we've got one. Uh, you know, from what I understand, the proposal, you know, might have been front loaded uh, for the uh, the younger players to get a more of the lion's share of the early monies, you know, ver- versus the, you know, the, the $20 million plus contracts, let's say might have got, you know, a less of a percentage. And then, then it was built into the back end of it, you know, where we, if you get to the World Series, the playoffs and, and more money is, is, is made and we're able to play. Uh, you know, and then everything, you know, the, the other players catch up is, is in a nutshell what I kind of heard about it. And, you know, and like I say, it's a starting point. You, you, you've got to figure this out. But, you know, I think there's something there, you know, to get to this point, uh, you know, and if, they, if the players want to hold out, great. If, 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 you know, making nothing's a lot of fun, then good. You should be enjoying the hell out of yourself. But I think, you know, overall, you know, you got to be realistic about this and in, in, in the monies and, you know, you're going to have to earn monies. And so let's play some games. And, and then in the back end, you do have an opportunity to make some more money. And that's kind of why I look at it. And hopefully that's the way they look at it, you know, so we can play baseball. Yeah, Randy, I think you make a great point uh, starting with, you know, this is the starting point. You know, something had to be presented first. Um, I'm actually reading a book right now. A guy named Chris Voss, who is a you know FBI international hostage negotiator. And his book is called Never Split the Difference. And I'm reading this book. And so all I can think about is how badly I want to be in the room with the Players Association and with, uh, you know, Major League Baseball to be listening to these negotiations going back and forth and sort of the strategies and tactics that they're using. Obviously, the players, um, you know, don't want to give up the majority of their salary. Um, Owners want to hang on to as much money as they can in order to, uh, you know, keep that revenue, not knowing what that revenue is going to look like. So there's a lot going on here. Um, you know, Randy, as a former player, you certainly would be able to speak more to what you would do if you were presented with a situation like this. Um, as a fan, you know, I get a little worried watching this because my fear is that MLB, you know, might take some of the stars like the Mike Trouts of the world and put them in a position where they look bad because fans like we just want to watch baseball. 
And we're not always thinking about the back end negotiation factor. And so, you know, I, I don't want Major League Baseball to put players in a position where all of a sudden we as fans start turning against them, right? Like that, that kind of worries me with some of these uh, negotiations. But I'm curious to what, you know, like, what would you be feeling if you were a player right now and this was happening, Randy? What would that, what would that be like? Well, you never want it's usually your your player rep, whoever that might be, is one that's going to represent and give you the information that you know that you want to know, uh, and that's just that's the way it works, you know. But overall, I would just think that you know the you know the voice of the players, and you're not going to single out, you know, a, a certain player like a Mike Trout. They, I don't think that'll ever happen, and it never has in the past. The players' association is going to do it as a group, as a team, you know, and the owners, and that's just the way. That, most every strike that I was involved in is it's one way or the other. I mean, until I resolved it, uh, nobody nobody got singled out whatsoever, in my opinion. You know, unless yeah, if they I, guess, if, I guess I should if clarify. They, if they, well, if they open their big mouth, that's their own fault. Okay. Well, yeah, and, but and they're not. They're not going to. It's hard if you know if if like you've got every you know writer in the world wants a comment on these meetings which have been as jesse pointed out we've been leading up to these meetings for so long so much tension what are your thoughts what are your thoughts and if they go to a player and maybe catch them off guard and they're frustrated because what was presented and the mlb players association is sharing that frustration and all of a sudden they put words to it then their name gets attached by it and then it gets thrown around the news and then it all heck breaks loose so kind of, once again, I, then, then that's your own fault they should have kept their mouth shut you know, along those lines, simple. though, what that's I find simple. was fascinating about this, aside, I guess, from the obvious of like, are we going to have baseball this year? Hopefully, is this will be the first, I think, truly contentious CBA negotiation. And I'm I'm tying together what's going on now with what will go on after next year in the true social media era. Um, and right. and I'm curious, just sort of as a student of media and the game uh, to see how that impacts things. I don't have the answer to that. I I have my thoughts, which I'll keep to myself because they're just sort of opinions and guesses. Um, But I'm very curious to see how this all plays out, how the next CBA negotiation plays out in a hyper social media world, which we've never really gone through before. You know, just think of the strike in 94 and 95. Had Twitter and everything been then what it is now, how different right. would that have gone yeah. from a public relations perspective, from a result perspective? Would things have gotten figured out more quickly because guys on both sides were hearing more pressure from fans and, and that kind of thing? I don't know. Like, again, I don't have the answer to that, but we'll we'll learn a lot, I think, about the role that, uh, you know, public pressure from social media might play uh, in this thing moving forward in the next few days, I think. And, and I'm kind of fascinated by all of that. But I, I guess, again, for me, guys, like the main thing is, I, I can't imagine anybody expected them to be on the same page today. You know, that was never the point of this. No, it was that, that, would have, that would have been a miracle right there. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. yeah. If, hey, if that would have happened, one, you would have given one, Rob Manfred and Tony Clark a couple of staffs, <laughs> sent them out to the Red Sea and let them do their thing. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, quite an analogy there, Jess. Uh, yeah. Did you mention that we weren't supposed to be giving opinions or guesses on this show? Because I actually got to go <laughs> if that's the case. Just with that particular thing, you know. That's like, fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that at all. No, that's that's not the case at all. That's not the case. No. So that's that's kind of the latest. And and again, I I would imagine there'll be a lot more to find out, you know, in the next few days. And and we'll kind of wait and see how it all un- unfolds. Well, just give me a counter offer. The Players Association needs to counter offer the owner's yeah. proposal. That's all you yeah, got to do. Maybe for the full yeah. season. There's your let's, counter. Let's let's get it going. You know. That's let's it. Get it and that's what'll happen. Yeah, That'll be the next thing, and then it'll go back and forth like a ping pong match. 
And uh, generally, these things get settled right at the deadline. So, you know, be interesting to see if they end up setting a hard deadline at any point. You know, if that becomes something that enters the negotiation. And if so, uh, perhaps that will help actually speed things along. So anyway, we'll see. Plenty to figure out, obviously, and not a lot of time to do it. Fingers crossed. I know from everybody uh, who is a baseball fan, just to be able to see something this year, hopefully uh, they can work out the economics, the health, uh, the safety and everything else that needs to be figured out. Hockey, meanwhile, has sort of mostly figured out their plan. Now, before we pat them too hard on the back and dive into their plan, which I think is really fascinating and interesting, keep in mind what the NHL and the NBA are doing, I think, and it'll be hard to argue this, far more simple than what baseball is trying to do. They each had a couple of weeks left in the regular season. uh, So basically, they're just trying to figure out their playoffs. Baseball is trying to play an entire season. That is, from a logistical standpoint, a time standpoint, a billion times more complicated than what uh, hockey and basketball are going to try and pull off here. Now, that said, good job hockey, kind of getting out in front of it, making the decisions, and getting something to work. Here are some of the details of what uh, their commissioner, Gary Bettman, announced earlier today. Uh, So basically, they're starting the playoffs now. Uh, So if you're on the outside looking in when the season was paused on March 12th, Hang with them, as Mudcat would say. <laughs> Go get them next. Hang with them. Yeah. But they're gonna they're gonna put uh, you know twenty four clubs, twelve from each conference, basically into the playoffs. Uh, there will be two hub cities. I think most people expect Vegas to be one of them, and then a city further east uh, as the other one. And they'll basically play a playoff tournament in those two cities, and eventually a Stanley Cup final. Um, this reminds me of that first plan we heard for baseball, the bubble plan, right? Yeah, the isolation city. Everybody yeah. to Arizona and nobody was going to leave and everybody was going to be safe because they weren't going to you know, interact with the outside world at all. And it became obvious that that wasn't realistic to do over the course of three, four or five months. But with hockey, they can get this thing done in four or six weeks. Much different calculus, Brady. And it, it seems pretty interesting to me. Yeah, I think that was the first thing I thought about, too, Jess, was how that clearly wasn't going to work with baseball. But you're right, it's a different scenario, and the playoff thing is different. To me, uh, the first thing I thought of when I saw this plan was, this is what San Diego School District did uh, with with my children and everyone's children that are in the district, is your grades can't get any worse. Like So whatever your grades were at, uh, you know, this school year, yeah, keep trying, keep doing your work, and if you can build them up and make them better, if you can make the playoffs, then good for you. But if you weren't in the playoffs yet, or you you know whatever that grade was, it can't get any worse, but you're, that's where you're stuck. So you can only get better. And so I I think it's kind of, I mean, at least the teams now know. I mean, let them, let them have a go at it. And in the same way with KBO and baseball, you know, all eyes in, in, in the baseball world and the sports world are on that. And, and the same thing with, with this. Now that a professional American league is starting up play, I mean, they are going to be under the microscope. Everything they do right and everything they do wrong is going to be, you know, just blown up and I'm, I'm sure out of proportion. Uh, but the other leagues are going to learn from it, uh, the NBA and, and Major League Baseball specifically. And so we'll see. Hopefully they lay a foundation for something that baseball can build on. Randy makes a great point. I mean, all eyes are going to be on the thing. Probably a lot of people that would normally not be watching the first round or the second round of the hockey playoffs might be doing so just because we're all oh, so yeah. live sports. But it is a double-edged sword because if things go badly from a health perspective – um, I mean, it, it could be legitimately tragic, you know what I mean? And, and on top of that, it could be something that makes the league look really bad. So, yeah, I think probably everybody in, in baseball and the NFL would love for the NHL to start this as soon as possible so we could watch how it goes and everything. And, and look, no two sports are the same. You know, the risks are a little bit different every single one. But you, um, you, They're all rolling the dice, Jesse. We know yeah. that. We understand that, you know, and they, they want to get back.
back to playing. And, and we as, as sports fans, we, we want to see him back on TV. And, you know, we're not talking about going to the ball games and grabbing a hot dog and a beer, you know. But, hey, you get him back on TV. I mean, even the the, the golf match was a, you know, a little bit of an entertainment the other day. It was great. You know, or, you know I, mean, I love it. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> But I just still, I mean, then, so I, I just, you know, and there, there might be some flaws in this, this whole scenario, you know, but I, I don't see the whole thing backfiring. I just honestly don't believe that, you know, and I think, you know, we as people are going to, we're going to take the precautions and everything's going to be fine. We can get some sports back and, and, and start entertaining some, some people. And, 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 and some kind of like, like we say every Monday now, Tuesday is, how about a little bit of normalcy? That's all we're looking for. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I don't know what the uh, Winnipeg Jets version of social hour is, but it doesn't sound <laughs> like they're arguing too much over whether the Stanley Cup should be handed out at the end of this thing because they played most of their regular season. And so, you know, it's it's a little bit normal in that standpoint, even though like the team with the best record is not going to have a home game in the postseason, which is odd. You're not going to have really any home ice advantage. You're not going to have the big crowd behind you, anything like that. So it'll be a little weird, but it sounds like everybody is going to consider this a legitimate championship in hockey. We've kicked that around a lot in baseball. I thought Jason Stark and the athletic had a really great story about this. I think it was on Friday and he talked to different people around baseball about a lot of these questions, you know, like how legit would it be if somebody hit 400, how legit would it be, you know, for the team that wins the world series? Um, I, we pulled a couple of what I thought were the most interesting things that people said to him first came from Terry Francona, the Indian manager, who of course was part of that 81 expo team who was in the playoffs in part because of the strike and the split season and the way they handled it. And Tito says, Hey, it is what you make of it. If our guys are jumping in the pile at the end of the year, I don't give a bleep where we play or when we play or who we play. That just means we've been better than every team we played. And I've been trying to drive home that point. Every time I talk to her guys, there may not be crowds where there'll be challenges and concerns. Sure. There will, but if we handle them the right way, we'll have fun with it. And if we don't, it won't be any fun at all. Spoken like a true manager who has uh, pretty much seen it all. RJ, I loved this from Tito Francona. That is that is perfect. That's that's well said. You know, number one, hey, you know, there's no substitute for winning. You don't win, you come in second, you suck. That's <laughs> it. Get over it. All right? Yeah. You know, when you don't win. The other you one, know, I, like I like it. I love that. <laughs> it was awesome. It's, just, it's like my golf tournament. Everybody goes, hey, what do you get for second place? I looked up and said, you get nothing, and you'll like it. You came in second, you lost. Get over it. You don't get nothing. Good luck next year. What is first place? Get? Work. Yeah, first place went, went went on a on a private jet up to you know, uh, you know play you know play all the golf courses up in Monterey. That's what you wanted. You couldn't even give like a gift card in second place and ten thousand dollars to their charity. That's that's what the winners get. Second place, you get nothing, and you'll like it. Get out of here. Wow. I'll give you. I'll, I'll, I'll give. I'll give you a little trophy that says second place on it. You can put I'd it love one, Randy. You're, you're killing one. me, Brady. You're Thank killing you. me, Brady. Kill you me. have your Scion on the wall. I'll have my RJ's tournament second place trophy on the wall. It'd be perfect. <laughs> we got to qualify first. So yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, not going to happen. The other one I love came from Joey Votto, who I generally refer to as the most interesting man in baseball. Uh, and this is about the World Series and, and what he would make of it. This is Joey Votto again. Quote, I feel very strongly any team that wins the World Series, even in an abbreviated season, will get full credit and will be able to enjoy it. I'll be honest with you. The more I think about winning the World Series this year, I think it's freaking worth more. I think it would be even more enjoyable because these championships are associated with cities. So, man, oh, man, I think it would be fantastic winning it for your city in a year like this. I think it would be about as good as it gets. 
I had not thought of it this way, Brady. That is a wonderful point from Joey Votto. Joey Votto, I freaking love that. That is amazing. I This is what I – and, Randy, we thought about this earlier about asterisks and blah, blah, blah. The 81 season, nobody except for apparently you remembers that there should be an asterisk by the World Series title. I think this is so cool. I mean, what a spin zone for him to come in and say, not only is it going to be just as valuable as every other World Series year, it's going to be more valuable because – Every city is just waiting and wanting and clutching and grasping for that title and just something to cheer for and something to get behind. And if you can win the title in the coronavirus year, the, the, what that does to lift up your city is even more than it would be any other time. How does that and make so, anybody healthy? How does that do? What Are you kidding me? Come on, Randy. I can't. I can't. You know, with you right now. You're driving I, me nuts. If Come you on. can't listen to logic and reason, I, I, I don't. Joey Votto should pee in a cup, man. What's wrong with him? You know, come what on. What are you suggesting? It, it, what does that have to do with anything? I mean, if you, what does he? What do you mean? It'd be special because of the coronavirus. Because year. what it would do for your community, it would lift what, everybody up. What would you do? Hug each other and get the coronavirus? You can't hug Jesse. each other. You're six feet apart, mate. What's, okay. what's, what's the excitement about? Zoom what are you Brady. doing? I, 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 I don't get it. I'm almost I speechless. Care. I know that I, it's hard to think that I could be speechless, but how you cannot wrap your head around every single city that has a major league baseball team right now is worried and feeling like, one, we're worried for our health and safety. Two, we love sports and we're not getting them. And, and three, you know, we think we're not going to have a season. Well, if that season were to come to fruition and then they were to win it all, how much more special would that be? I am 100% on Team Votto on this, and I don't know why. Good for you. Randy, I, I, no, Brady, you go right ahead. It's still 81, 81 what games. Is, what are you talking yeah, about, 81? What is, like, 81 <laughs> games. It's like kissing your sister. That's what I said. I'll say it again. Jeez, how about the other 81? You know, great. And you win the World Series. Yeah, there you go. Maybe that'll end up being the split season. It'll be 20 and 21. They'll combine them and uh, do like they did in 81. Give me some some baseball. I want baseball. Me too, man. Me too. We're ordinary without baseball around here, clearly. 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 uh, One other thing from from the the shortened season angle that I saw this weekend that I I thought was interesting was an article on CBSSports.com. And just, we don't even have to talk about it. I just want to throw it out there um, that he said, hey, in the draft, keep your eye out. Um, There could be some college pitchers who end up on contending teams and you might as well just send them right to the show. You know, these guys, if their arms are built up and they're ready to go and, and with a bigger roster, those opportunities will be there. And, and, you know, this isn't necessarily the same as Dave Winfield or anything like that. Um, but with a couple of these, you know, more physically developed guys who have pitched in college for three years or four years, uh, a real opportunity, if they're drafted by the right team, the right guy on the right team, you could easily see one or two, maybe more, make the jump straight to the big leagues this year. Kind of like another fascinating deal in terms of you know what could be a little bit unusual uh, here in this 2020 season. So anyway, that, that makes sense too. Yeah, absolutely. Sure, we'll talk more about that as the uh, the draft approaches in a couple of weeks. All right. That is the uh, college baseball report. Uh, unfortunately, uh, now we have to do our daily <sighs> – KBO Sadness Report. Is, uh, very much the correct name for it. Vic and Dory have not had many victories to celebrate as of late. Our KT Wiz in Korea dropped two out of three over the weekend at the LG Twins. Uh, the bullpen was doing their thing again. Bullpen has not been good, guys. Uh, Friday, they led five to two in the eighth inning. They lost six to five. Uh, Saturday, they won six to two, which was nice. Sunday, they took a seven four lead to the bottom of the ninth inning. 
lost nine to seven on a oh. walk-off oh. grand slam. Oh. Oh. Uh, so that was unfortunate. They started a new series earlier this morning against the Kia Tigers. Uh, they lost four to one. Former Met Drew Gagno pitching for uh, Matt Williams, Kia Tigers. He dominated, man. He shoved seven shutout innings, three hits, eight strikeouts. Game two of that series coming up. This, though, is the highlight. Mel Rojas Jr., uh, you see at the dish in that 6-2 to two win on Saturday. Not only did Mel Rojas Jr. have a two-homer game, but he homered from both sides of the plate in the game. Not only did he homer from both sides of the plate in the game, he did it in back-to-back at-bats. And I believe the note we have is that that is only the second time that has ever happened in KBO history. Um, so pretty cool accomplishment. Brady, I know you're a big Mickey Mantle guy. I believe you told yeah. me earlier 10 times he homered from both sides of the plate in the same game. We don't know how many times that we did it in back-to-back at-bats. That's a really nice little accomplishment. But you know yeah, he probably – you know he did, Brady. I, I think he probably did, but my uh, internet sleuthing skills are not good enough to – I wasn't prepared to go into – each box score of the game and his 10, you know, multi-game, multi-sides of the plate home runs to figure out if they were consecutive at-bats. But who is tied with him? Uh, Randy, I'll give you a stab at this. Uh, former Padres third baseman is tied on ten with 10 uh, home runs from both sides of the plate in one game. Got any, got any guesses? Third baseman, Padres, Astros? Astros? Snickers? Okay. No, I don't know. I don't know who it is. Okay, good. Yeah, it's Ken, it's a guy named Ken Caminiti. Huh? <laughs> maybe you've never heard of him. Yeah, maybe um, the Astros, yeah. <laughs> so there's a handful of guys that have more there, uh, than Mickey and Cammy, uh, and I, I couldn't figure out the consecutive back-to-back, but um, Eddie Murray, one of them. You faced Eddie Murray, I presume, right, RJ, at some point? Uh, no. No? Really. No. I guess – you and you retired by the time, man. I thought you would have faced him. See, yeah, I don't. I, I don't. I don't remember facing Eddie. I no. feel like you would have. Eddie was a monster, and he would have switched the sides of the plate on you. So, yeah. Um, the other guys are Chili Davis. Three guys I know you didn't face. They're the top mm-hmm. three. The top two are Swisher, Nick Swisher, and Mark Teixeira, both with fourteen, and then uh, Carlos Beltran with twelve. That's so, amazing. That's yeah, cool. pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Yeah. But again, my terrible internet searching skills. I don't know. Uh, the consecutive, you know, at bat thing that made it pretty special. I mean, I can't even imagine two home runs in a game, how ecstatic you must be doing it for both sides of the plate, how ecstatic you must be doing it in back to back at bats. Pretty incredible. So, uh, Yasmani Grandal, of course, his first couple home runs, uh, same game, uh, from different sides of the plate. So he's he's on that list as well. But yeah, Mel Rojas Jr., good thing too, by the way, because uh, the other good hitter that the Wiz have, the first baseman, Kung Bak Ho. He's on the uh, he's hurt. So he's he's off the active roster. He had kind of been a guy we were really enjoying watching these first couple of weeks of the season. He's done uh, the the Matt Strom lookalike guy who's blown the save 80 times. He's done. He's got his 10 ERA. He's on the areas. Uh, Day Sun Lee. He's uh, excuse me. Lee Day on. He's uh, he's off the active roster right now. Really struggling after a great year last year. Uh, unfortunately, he changed his hair a little bit, though, didn't he? To make it harder to harder to make him to look alike. Yeah, he put it in a like a little man bun ponytail situation. Mm, mm, but we, we had the video made. That's okay. Uh, one or two other KBO notes that have nothing to do with the Wiz. This one was really cool. Uh, eagle-eyed Nikki spotted this over the weekend. Uh, Jose Miguel Fernandez, who had a cup of coffee with the Angels a couple of years ago, uh, plays for the Doosan Bears. This is his second year playing in Doosan. So he doubled uh, in their game against NC Dinos the other night. And just wait for it. Wait for it. First of all, nice hustle. Oh, that is very familiar. And so nice. Carlos Chop. 
hey, what's going on here? Jose Miguel Fernandez doing the chop from last year. Well, he was teammates uh, with Fernando Tatis Jr. for Estrellas, uh, where this all began two winters ago. He was on that team that won the title, managed by Fernando Tatis Sr., uh, where they won their first championship in an awful long time. And uh, he was on that team. So he has brought the chop to the Doosan Bears a year <laughs> after Fernando brought it to the Padres. Yeah, that's so rad. And the dugout was doing it too. I love that, like, Tatis, as I'm sure all Padre fans uh, believe, has he's already clearly an international phenomenon. So it's fantastic. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I mean, how cool is that? It's now been a thing in the Dominican Winter League, in the National League West, and now in the KBO. Like, that's a very neat thing. All of it, you know, if you don't remember the origin story, basically just like a nod to the sugarcane farmers uh, where Fernando grew up. I mean, a really neat thing. And it's cool to see it on a different continent. Uh, All right. One other uh, KBO note. Hanwha Eagles. Every team, of course, trying to come up with their own way to handle the the crowd situation, right? Uh, No fans in attendance. What can you do? We've seen board cutouts. Uh, We've seen, you know, Zoom on the video board. They put very creepy stuffed animals uh, behind home plate. Somebody I believe told me this was there was like a Pokemon uh, situation here, partly at least. <laughs> very okay, funny. So, so I'm not I'm not proud of this, but because I tried to get my son collecting uh, baseball cards, and that landed a bunch of Pokemon cards because he's eight. Um, but that is it's a it's a it's a character called Stormlax, and there he is right on the bottom right, and he is unimpressed. I like how Pitching Ninja actually changed his name to Snorlax is my daddy. That's uh, interesting. But on the wide pan shot, you can see there's a Pikachu up there in the, on the left in the middle. Uh, so, yes, there is some Pokemon action. I know very little about Pokemon, but I do know that this guy Snorlax, very big, likes to eat apples, and then loves to nap. He falls asleep and naps. So there's he's taking a nap in the front row. There you have no, it. Thanks, thanks for sharing, Brady. It's great. <laughs> Jesse. Oh, very relevant. I, you, yeah. I feel like, Jesse, I feel like you're setting me up knowing that Randy, anything just, I say, yeah, yeah, try to add a little value, try to like let the people know, like, oh, Snorlax, you know is Pokemon character. Hey, and and all I get, Randy, all I get I, is made fun Randy, of. Randy, I've got a better idea. Why don't you give me your address? I'll come down and see you. Okay. I don't even have to walk you around my house. I'll just come down and see you, all right? Okay. You know, mix of pancakes, little brotherly love, you know. I'll bring some sausage, barbecue sauce, whatever. I'll make sure to, that the kids are at the in-laws' house <laughs> before, you, before you come over. I don't, I don't want them to see anything that's going to scar them for life. So. <laughs> all right, I so the KBO uh, season is well underway in Japan. We Meanwhile, uh, NPB, Nippon Baseball, uh, they announced today that they're going to get their season underway shortly as well. It was originally supposed to begin March 20th. That was supposed to be their opening day in Japan. Uh, that has obviously been pushed back. They're going to try and get things going June 19th, uh, San Diego Day, 619er. Uh, they're going to play 120 games this year, not 143. Try and do spring training beginning on June 2nd. So we'll have uh, Japanese League Baseball, presuming everything goes as planned, uh, beginning on June 19th. By the way, uh, Corey Spangenberg, old friend who was with the Brewers last year, he is playing in Japan this year for the Cebu Lions. Uh, old friend uh, Kazuhisa Makita, is on the Golden Eagles along with Jabari Blash. Uh, Christian Villanueva is coming into his second year, I believe, as a Nippon ham fighter. And San Diego native Adam Jones in Oryx Buffalo. So some familiar names uh, are going to be playing in Japan this year. Obviously, the, the quality of play in that league is, is very high. 
I, I think most people fairly would say higher than the KBO, a little bit closer to Major League Baseball. KBO, I guess, is between AA and AAA. Uh, Japan between AAA and the big leagues, I think generally is what is what people say. And obviously, a lot of guys have had phenomenal success uh, coming from Japan to, to MLB. Uh, but we'll have uh, more baseball to watch as we hopefully creep our way back to having Major League Baseball uh, to watch as well. So that is your news of baseball around the globe. Pretty yeah, uh, amazing. International. It's pretty oh, good, though. It's pretty good. That's some news. Yeah, you hey, news is good. Do you see one of those shots behind the, the Japanese game, behind the umpire and the catcher? It looked like there was an apartment complex that was behind there. I mean, I'm sure it's just the way that they have, like, the like, – I just felt like yeah, – look at that. It looks like we were like – like this guy on the right, he's studying for a test that he has in college. Just, on the far left, he's just waking up from a nap, pulling up the blinds. Oh, look, there's a ball game going outside. Those, are, no, those are Japanese sweets. That's what they're. Meanwhile, look, Brady, look at the pitcher. You know, I love it. Oh, he's 115. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even see that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's great. Triple digits. And it looks like he gives you a home run. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does. He looks like he hurt his neck on that whiplash. Uh, First of all, Mini foul pole, uh, apartment Ooh. complex behind home plate, and triple-digit pitcher. There's a lot going on in this one highlight. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes, love there it. Is. yes, there is. Yeah. Uh, the red team is the Hiroshima Carp. I didn't catch who the uh, the white team is. The that's wild, though. Team players stuff. on the roster team. Oh, that's Ooh. a hanger. Oh, boy. That's going to be. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's not a good one, pitch. 115 was already gone. I noticed that. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's already got booted for the game. <laughs> Only 98 meters down the line there. All right. Uh, anyway, we got uh, we got some guests coming up. Catch up with former Padre Heath Bell in a little bit. First, though, current Padre, sort of, Emilio Pagan acquired this offseason in the Manuel Margot trade with Tampa Bay. He just had an absolutely stellar 2019 in the Rays bullpen, one of the best bullpens in baseball. I give you a lot of numbers about Emilio Pagan. I think my favorite from last year, probably the fact he's a right-hander. Uh, left-handed batters and right-handed batters both hit exactly 179 against him. He was equally devastating against guys from both sides of the plate. Mel Rojas Jr. himself could step up, and he wouldn't stand a chance against Emilio Pagan. Obviously, with that three-batter minimum, that kind of number jumps off the page a, a little bit more. Had a great conversation with Emilio during spring training, and he was nice enough to check in again earlier today. Catching up with Padre right-hander Emilio Pagan. Of course, he has not actually appeared in a game for the Padres in the regular season. It's just uh, another sign of the odd times. Uh, thanks for taking some time for us. How is quarantine life going uh, for you and your family? Uh, it's going okay. Um, you know, it's nice to nice to be with family more often than, than normally. Um, but I think I speak for everybody. I, I miss getting out there and competing. So, um, you know, hopefully we can figure something out soon that that's safe and and uh, we can get back out there to playing some baseball. From a baseball perspective, how much have you been throwing, not throwing, working your body, resting your body? What's sort of like the routine for you? So I was trying to play that, you know, that, that happy medium of, of not doing too much um, so you're fresh when we start. But I've been off the mound at least once a week, every week since, uh, since we got shut down, uh, long tossing every day and fortunate enough to have a little bit of weight room equipment um, here at my house. So... Uh, been able to get the get the workouts in and, and arm feels strong. So I've, I've done my best to stay ready. That way, you know, when the opportunity presented itself for us to play, that I'd be ready. So uh, I feel good physically and ready to go. I've asked this question to a couple of different guys, and I've gotten a couple of different answers. Does it feel like the off season, or does it feel like something else altogether? 
Yeah, no, it just feels different. There's, it, you can't really put it into words. It just um, doesn't feel like off season because you don't know when you're like what day you're preparing for. Um, but it's I don't know. It, it doesn't. It's it's hard to explain. Um, you know, obviously, no, none of us has ever have ever done this before. So, just trying to stay as ready as I can. Yeah, uh, that's it. It's it's uh it's not only unusual, but it's uh, completely something new for everybody to go with. Um, just from like a mental readiness perspective, are you following the news of baseball on like a day by day basis? Or are you trying to step back and just sort of say, all right, I'll find out when I find out? How involved have you been in just sort of keeping track of everything that's going on? I wouldn't say I'm super involved. I mean, I, I definitely have been watching the news and and seeing the media reports coming out, but. Uh, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that are a lot smarter than I am making those decisions. So, um, you know, I, I try and keep as much information as I can uh, coming in. But, um, you know, I take it with a grain of salt just because you, you, you know, unless you're in those negotiating rooms or whatever thing, you're, you're probably not getting the full story. So, um, I'll leave it to the agents and, and the players' union and, and the owners to come up with something that that works for everybody. Yeah, I uh, certainly understand that perspective. Let's talk some baseball. Uh, how was spring training going for you? Were you feeling settled in in Padre colors by the time it all got shut down or, or still adjusting? Um, it, it was nice to start to build relationships with guys. Um, Baseball-wise, you know, you, you figure stuff out as you go. But the biggest thing for me is getting to know your teammates, um, getting to see what makes them what makes them go on a daily basis, what their routines are. Um, just so you're not getting in people's way or uh, how you can help them in any way possible. So I was definitely getting comfortable. Um, it's easy to get comfortable with the group we have in San Diego. A lot of really good guys that, that work hard and, and are eager to win. So, um, you know, it's it's it was easy to get comfortable with those guys, and, and they welcomed me with open arms and, and were more than willing to help me, uh, you know, learn names of, of people in the organization that, that help us be able to do our job at our at our best ability so um you know it, it was ha- i was having fun it was going good and and then obviously everything happened so um I'm, I'm excited to get back with the group and get going new pitching coach for you obviously this year but a new pitching coach for us in terms of getting to know him larry rothschild uh what was your uh, experience like for him obviously only a few weeks uh in terms of like hands-on work at spring training but uh your early impressions of the padre pitching coach larry was awesome um, his communication on a daily basis, uh, what he had planned for each individual guy. I mean, he went around the locker room pretty much every morning uh, and, and explained what he expected and, and what he was hoping to get out of each guy uh, each day. So, you know, that goes a long way in preparing yourself and preparing your body physically and mentally to, to what the team is asking you to do. So, um, you know, Larry was great. He had a ton of information for on uh, on hitters and, and tendencies and, and stuff that he thought – we could use to uh, to form uh, an attack plan against each team. So uh, he was great, and I'm in, I'm excited to work with him again. One of the questions I think I asked you during spring training was about uh, your experience in Tampa last year. You obviously had such a great season, and and they've had really good bullpens now uh, for a lot of years. It, it seems like, and it's a rotating cast of characters. It's not always the same guy. Um, obviously, part of that is they have talented pitchers. They've got guys who bring in that, that do a nice job. Are there any other common threads, though? I mean, in terms of the way they handle the guys in the bullpen, the way they talk to you, the way they communicate with the way they handle the staff uh, that, that you were particularly impressed by last year there? Just their confidence with every single guy that they brought up. Uh, it wasn't just the, the opening day 
you know, seven to nine pitchers they had in the bullpen, depending on how you want to look at it, uh, openers, reliever, however, however you classify pitchers, but just their, their, I mean, it was, they were confident oftentimes even to a fault, you know, that if they believed in you in a certain situation, there was no question about it. You know, you're the guy for that, for that moment. So uh, it was, it was awesome and, and refreshing to see, you know, you see bullpens across the big leagues where three or four guys can kind of carry your bullpen. And then from then on, it's like, all right, well, who do we go to to get these outs when we need them? But uh, it was really cool to see Tampa just have confidence in every single pitcher that got called up from from AAA um, or even AA during the year. So um, that was really cool. And then same thing with San Diego, man. I mean, you, you, there's a lot of talk in spring training about the talent we have uh, on our pitching staff and in our bullpen. And it was, you know, pretty much everybody mimicked the same thing. We're like 15 <coughs> – probably 15 or 20 deep guys that can that can produce and, and help us at the big league level. So um, it's cool to see organizations be confident uh, in their in their entire organization and and be ready to win with more than just, you know, the three or four main guys. It, correct me if I'm wrong, too. I mean, I would imagine part of that is a willingness of the pitchers themselves to be adaptable and to say, OK, my role might be this. Sometimes it might be that other times. That's something that, that seems like a fairly modern phenomenon in baseball. I think just the game is changing. You, you know, organizations and, and coaching staffs are getting away from, you know, the standard roles. You know, unless you have a guy like Kirby that's going to go out there and put up a one. Um, you know, they're trying to, to get each guy in a situation where it sets them up for the most success. So, um, you know, if you're not okay with it, then you're probably not going to play very long. Uh, that's just the way the game is going. So you have to put yourself in a position where you're ready to pitch in, in multiple situations on any given night. So, um, I, I think it's just the way the game is going. And if you're not ready for it, then, then you're not going to be in around too long. Padre righty, Emilio Pagan, uh, early on in spring training, he became one of my favorite guys uh, to chat with and, and learn from uh, when it comes to pitching in Major League Baseball. Really appreciate you taking a few minutes for us here. Glad you're hanging in uh, best you can. And, and obviously, I know I speak for all Padre fans when I say, can't wait to see you make your Padre debut, hopefully sooner rather than later. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully sooner. <laughs> All right, Emilio Pagan, Padre right-hander, acquired this offseason. Great visiting with him. And, you know, such a bummer, obviously, as we bring back Randy and Brady. Fans have not had the opportunity to see him pitch uh, in a Padre uniform in a real game, of course. I haven't really gotten the opportunity to get to know him. Uh, Randy, you were around camp. He talked about the guys and just the sort of ready-to-win attitude that was around there. I know you and I have talked about that. He's certainly not the only one to make that observation. He's not the only one. He just he when he came over, he just complimented everybody else. I think Jesse, you know, a great kid and and has some success. Knows how to win. You know, they just liked his attitude and his conversations with everybody else and interacting with the rest of our our players and pitchers. But uh, there's no doubt that you know the talent to just the one thing I did know there was going to be a lot of disappointed pitchers that you know, probably had the ability to stay at the big league level and they weren't going to make this, this, this ball club, Yeah, you know, and they, you know, that, that was the ones that, you know, I was kind of, uh, you know, paying attention to, I had a pretty good idea who some of them might be and wanted to make sure that I had a conversation with them to remind them to, to stay ready and focused because you know how the game works and, you know, and I want to make sure that they're very much aware of that too you know, stay ready because you just never know why it might happen, you know, in, in a season like that. And, you know, and, uh, you know, Brady, did you notice he had a, did you see the size of his watch? That was a big watch he had on. 
That's uh, all all the rage these days. You gotta have big man. watches, and you gotta have multiple. Big I gotta watches. go. I gotta go get a bigger watch, man. That's, I, know. I know. can't I, find a watch big enough, so I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's gonna be a huge watch, man. Uh, that's good stuff. All right, oh, we got, got Heat it. Bell in a, in a few minutes. We played a video on the show last week. Uh, it was a girl, I guess, or a woman. I don't know. She was a Twins fan, and she had on the yes. piece of plywood. Yeah, had the rice. You guys remember, yeah. And she flipped up the plywood, and the rice turned into a Twins logo. So we yeah. put out the challenge uh, for a Padre fan to try and do that. Uh, little did we know that the response we were going to get was going to come all the way from Italy. But that is exactly what happened. Take a look. So this is Jamie, Jamie. in Italy. Look at that. It is. That's perfect. So um, I, wow. I think it's so funny. She, so she tweeted all of us this. And look, there it goes. And hovers. And I, I love it. I mean, I, you know, obviously playfully, jokingly kind of threw out this, like, why haven't we done this with the Padres logo? I think it's hard when you're using the same color. Uh, she clearly has just the all, not clearly, it looks to me like it's the all yellow uh, to make the SD. And so it doesn't kind of, the contrast of the TC isn't there as much. But I was so amazed, one, that someone, you know, took our silly idea and ran with it. But two, that it came from Italy. That's insane. So I just love the idea that, one, there's a Padre fan in Italy. You know, that, that's pretty cool. But two, that she was watching the show and she said, I did this because of watching Padre Social Hour. And I just thought that was so rad. So, Jamie, you are awesome. And I think it's so cool that you did that. It's one of the coolest things I've seen online. Love it. Yeah, we should send Jamie a, a Padre hat. That's what we should do. I think uh, it's the least we could do. All the way to Italy. Her TikTok. All the way to Italy. All the way to Italy. I, I Randy, agree. what's TikTok? If you, did the, if you did like the 98 colors, it might pop a little more. Uh, you do like yeah. the, the white and the orange or the blue and the orange, something like that. Like you said, two contrasting colors. We're not critiquing Jamie here, for goodness sake. Uh, I did want to make that clear. That. No critique. It was amazing. Fantastic. It's just, it, yeah. Geekster, you're right. Very impressive. Well done. Um, RJ, you were speaking of sending her a hat. What kind of hat are you rocking right now? What is that? You know, oh, just, brown, yeah, little, little, uh, you know, little yellow with the with the uh, pottery with the big P and the swinging fryer. Oh, is that the fryer in the inside of that P? Yes, I got oh, the okay. fryer I in there. I couldn't tell what. Now I understand. I see it now. Yes. Yeah, that stylized P. Yeah, I've never seen that yeah. one before. I know it's kind of a unique one, but I haven't been able to wear it anywhere. I like it. Uh, I like it very much. We're down uh, the gas. We're, we're down the gas station. You know, the gas station guy really likes it. You know, it's, well, as long as he's happy. Because <laughs> you've been to the gas station what once in the last ten weeks? Actually, twice. I went today. I had to fill up. You know, today. That's good. So. It cost you twenty bucks. You have to, you have to remember. Yeah. Where yeah. By the way, it's like thirty miles to a grocery store. So yeah, That's he's, fair. <laughs> he's way out there. Yeah, oh, no, you wouldn't know because you actually haven't uh, taken him up on his invitation. Uh, I have been to his house hey. before. I just oh. haven't taken it up this time. I want you because I'm afraid for my life. I want you two gentlemen to know that I took my wife to Benny Hanna's last night for dinner. Oh, really? In Mission Valley. Wow. Oh, wow. Were you guys, did you feel safe and socially distant from the people around you? Yeah, there was only, well, we were on one end of the table and there's two other, another couple on the other end. There was four of us there. Whatever you know? works. And whatever works, but hey, I, I took the wife out to dinner last night. It was awesome. Proud That's of you. Man. Very good. nice. It's very yeah. good. All right. Uh, next guy to catch up with uh, is it's bullpen day, apparently. Uh, not counting you, Randy, but uh, we had Emilio Pagan, now Heath Bell. So talk to a current Padre reliever, uh, now a former Padre reliever. Heath Bell is up to some very, very interesting things on the business side today, and uh, we hope you enjoy. 
Keith, great to see you, and thank you for doing this. How is uh, life for the Bell household these days? Um, it's okay. I have a daughter graduating Biola University this year that didn't get to graduate, and then I have a daughter graduating Poway High School that didn't get to walk, and that one is a little bit more difficult because she has Down syndrome, and she's a social butterfly, and being cooped up in her room the whole time, she kind of struggles. That she, she doesn't understand why we're being you know, lockdown quarantine. And, um, she keeps telling me I, she hates quarantine and she's like, go to the school and tell the girl that, you know, the quarantine should be over. So like, she just doesn't get it. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel- we're, in, we're hanging out in the pool and spend a lot of family time together, board games, you know, we're, we're, we're still alive. So. That's it. The health is the main thing. And I guess if, if the kids are of a certain age, at some point, it just starts to feel a little bit like summer vacation. But, you know, you, you brought up the seniors. I, I've said that to anybody we've had on the show who's got a kid of a similar age. I, I feel so badly for the high school seniors in particular. This is just supposed to be such a big time of year for them. And, and to miss out on it is a, a true bummer. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I have a 16 year old sophomore and um, a 10 year old that's in fourth grade. And he's like totally like the summer. And then my, uh, 16 year old isn't didn't get to play a season he, they played five or six games and then you know we thought it was just gonna be three weeks and then back into baseball but he missed his whole season so it's um it's kind of a it's it's a it's not it's not very cool yeah. All right. Well, try to make the best of it like everybody else. Uh, one of the cool things, uh, you know, is we, we've continued to see your name here in town uh, as it relates to the business world. Uh, these last couple of years, a couple of cool initiatives uh, with coffee and beer, two things very near and dear to uh, a lot of our hearts. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you've been up to and and, uh, and throw off some wares if you don't mind. Well, I started uh, with a couple of friends of mine, uh, Seven Cold Brew. Um, it's a cold brew coffee. It's probably one of the best cold brew coffees out there. I like to say because uh, I brew it, and it's we try to make it is is I try to learn everything about coffee like I did with baseball. I tried to master baseball. Now I try to master coffee. Um, I have a, a friend that's an ex football player that has a local coffee shop here in Poway that's helped me out so much, and we've actually talked about going to like Guatemala and check out the beans and the farms and all that stuff, and then. Um, so we did that about three years ago and, you know, I'm raising kids. And since, you know, I have so much time on my hand, um, me and a friend of mine at the, the bitter brothers brewery, a good friend of mine, Bill, we came out with a closer that we actually decided to do this last summer, but we decided to come out with it in spring training of this year in 2020. And, um, it's a tropical IPA. It's an easy drinking, um, IPA. And, uh, we only we had it launched two or three weeks before the whole quarantine hit, so that kind of is not the best timing. But we have it in a multiple restaurants and stuff. It's just you know you take out you don't take out for beer. So um, as, as people start coming back to the breweries and the restaurants, like Carl Strauss's restaurant and stuff, uh, Dirty Birds, um, you you'll be able to pick up the closer. And in a lot of places at Seven Eleven, you'll be able to pick up uh, Seven Cold Brew. Um, and also at the Everbowls um, and certain other places. And um, actually invested in uh, with another friend of mine to do a cafe in OB. It's called, called Drip Cafe, but that's not going to open up until July or um, maybe August this year. 
Very cool. Staying very busy, obviously, like you said, yeah, juggling the kids and, and now these business interests. I want to go back to the coffee a little bit. When did that sort of become a passion for you and something you're going to be interested in? I know just being around the clubhouse, coffee is a very large part of the baseball culture. Did this go back to your playing days? Yeah, you know, coffee is it's, it's one of those uh, best uh, like um, natural caffeines. And everybody started doing energy drinks and um, Red Bulls. And I'm just not a big fan of those. And so coffee gets it up. But then again, it's hard to have a hot cup of coffee. I'm I'm not like my dad at all. Or my mom would have a hot cup of coffee to wake up where I kind of need something colder. I need to, you know, like refreshing. And cold brew kind of was that. And, I've, you know, I I know football guys and baseball guys. And we kind of put our heads together in cold brew. And we started doing it right as the cold brew phase. Everybody started getting into it three or four years ago and seven works great because it's the, I, I got traded in 2007. Um, on the seventh day, we all joked around and said, you know, God created heavens and earth, but on the seventh day he rested and had a cold brew. Um, but we also say you can have a, um, a cold brew every day of the week, all seven days. So, and then it worked as into like a tap handle right there. So because we in in bars and restaurants, they started um, doing more cold brew on tap, yeah. and it kind of, we kind of made it into that. So uh, yeah. I'm a so you can have a cold brew in the morning, routine, yeah. and then you can come have a closer in the middle of the night. <laughs> caffeinate and inebriate uh different uh, opportunities to get your fun in um I, i'm fascinated with the nitro thing I, I i love them i i drink them all the time and it's always cool when you find them in a can you can like pull off that technology uh to get the nitrogen in there that that seems like it probably isn't that simple but it's uh it's amazing how you can do that it's it's pretty weird how you have to shake up the can you always think of soda you don't want to shake it up if you shake it up and just open up slowly it won't take off it'll just hiss out and then it's perfect and it kind of mixes it up that's good stuff Uh, i guess we should talk some baseball at at some point here with heath bell um i I always like asking this kind of question to guys who've been out of the game you know five six seven years as you have now how differently do you look back if at all at your career now than you did maybe a year out of the game and that kind of thing well i know a year out of the game i literally watched it and was like why are you guys throwing this guy a fastball why are you doing this because you knew everything now it's I, I I was very blessed to have kids to love the game, especially my my um, last two are boys and they love baseball. So I've gone to baseball games um, probably like ten to fifteen times a year, where we're just fans and they love to sit in the outfield and that doesn't bother me at all because I was always in the outfield um, because they want to catch home run balls and whatnot. So they don't need to get that really close seat or whatnot. But um, just watching the game, it's it's fun. I root on the Padres. They're the hometown um, team here. Um, I wish I was sometime the GM or the manager and just being like, come on, guys. I know you can play better than this and this and that. So it's helped me a lot that I've become a fan because my son's been a big fan and he's starting to play baseball where I kind of want to be part of the Padres organization or professional baseball and want to get back into it. But it's more important for me to be around my kids and to see them play their baseball because they're only going to be my son's in high school. He's got two more years of baseball. And then my other son plays a little bit of hockey and a little bit of baseball. And he, it's just great seeing him, but I'm only going to have him around for seven, eight more years. Um, and then, you know, I'm gonna have the rest of my life. So it's, you know, maybe I can just keep my toes in the game a little bit, but watching baseball now, it's, it's, it's a little bit different than the way it was my day. I mean, 
I don't mind bat flips as long as you hit a home run. I just don't like the bat flips that you don't hit home runs. Um, you know, as long as it's something you do, but you know, I miss the integrity of the game a little bit. Gosh, I really miss baseball this year. You know, I would love to watch baseball this year, but it's not going on. And I understand what a lot of guys are, why they're not playing this year. You know, they're worried about their health. They're worried about the revenue and, and all the other stipulations going on. So it's, um, I'm just, I guess you'd say I'm a huge fan, but I don't, I'm not a, a psycho fan as we would probably call it when I was playing. It's always cool to hear how different guys, you know, sort of ease into that next phase of life, how much of an eye they keep on the game and not. You mentioned your kids being into it. I think that's oftentimes a, a big part of it. Uh, if your kids are into it, it kind of can rekindle some of that, you know, lost love of the game. Not necessarily lost, but the, the way you felt about it as a kid yourself, that kind of thing. Always cool to hear about that. Always great to catch up with you. Glad you're keeping busy. Uh, certainly a, a lot of interesting stuff going on. And uh, people, of course, can look out for the uh, the coffee and the beer. Uh, hopefully yeah. sooner rather than later we get the opportunity uh, to enjoy one in person. So really quick, do you think uh, we're going to have a season this year? I, I think they'll work it out. I, I certainly wouldn't call it a slam dunk. Um, I mean, everybody's saying this week will sort of be like the big week. Yeah, the um, you know. There's, there's a lot to figure out. It's not easy, as you know, um, you know, when you're talking money and health. I mean, those are the two most uh, precious commodities, I guess, that are out there, uh, particularly yeah. during a time like this. So it's not going to be easy. It's probably going to be somewhat ugly. Um, but but I'm optimistic that just for the good of the game, you know, that, that both sides will be able to work something out. What that is, I, who knows? I really hope they do. And then, you know what? Hopefully next year we get back to norm. And um, if you need a guest host, I'll show up there. Perfect. Come hang out with you. You're always welcome. Always welcome. Good to see you, no Heath Bell. Hope to see you at the ballpark. Like you said, early next year would be great. Thanks for the time. Oh, I'll be out there if it's if we can go this year or next year. I'll be out there. Three-time All-Star Heath Bell, one of the uh, great relief stories in Padre history. Wrapping up bullpen day as we talked to Emilio Pagan earlier on. Thanks to Heath. Uh, cool to hear what he's been into lately. Bring back uh, the Pancake Guy and the Cy Young Award winner now. <laughs> as a, Randy, you look like you're into something there. You just opening the mail? Or? Yeah, yeah. I'm just going through some mail here, sitting at the desk and uh, paying some bills. You know, listening to Heath. Interesting, you know. I like, I like that. You know, this coffee. I've I've seen him driving everything around and, and, and hauling it around. It's pretty cool. He's, he's really into it. I love that. Yeah, he he's gone all in, which is neat. You know that that's what you like when somebody takes yeah. that action and they they sort of dive head first with it. All right, a couple more uh, fun things to get to real quick before we get out of here on this Tuesday. And again, we'll be back tomorrow at five thirty. Uh, this video was all over the internet, Brady, over the weekend, but I thought it was too cool to pass up. Uh, Ichiro uh, just oh, being Ichiro. Great. The Mariners tweeted this. I, I just I think. By the way, that could be the same stadium with the apartments, but <laughs> yeah. nonetheless, um, I mean that's just so cool. It really is so cool, and I, you know, we we've, we've talked in the on the show in the past about like the precision of Greg Maddox, and but you know he is Greg is on a mound and you know setting forming coming to his pitching position. He has great placement. This is like being the relay guy and just turning and spinning and knocking these out straight for. I I would like to think this is first take. Um, I, I I mean I'm just amazed by this. I don't know how. Randy, could you ever do something like this? Sure. Come on, that wouldn't, that wouldn't be any problem. What's, what's the that? arrogance! I you you're telling me that you could just turn, spin, catch, and toss, just bam, 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 and knock them all down. Sure, why not? Yeah, what he does, he throws baseballs. He made a living. Come on, that's, that's what we did. That's I, what we did. You know. Okay, but but if it was as 
if, as easy as you're making it sound, anybody who who you know plays baseball for a living could do what Ichiro just did, which of course wouldn't merit us sharing it on a show like this. Well, it's special I mean, what he did, is it not? Was that not unique, or is that? Just- yeah, if, if, if there's certain guys you're not going to see Greg Luzinski doing that. Okay, let me put it to you that way. George Foster's <laughs> not going to hit those buckets. Trust me. I mean, you you, you got to know who you're watching. Okay, did those guys yeah. historically have bad aim. I don't. Oh like man, that. yeah. Are you kidding me? There was no such thing as radar in those arms. Uh-uh. <laughs> oh it was God. everywhere, Brady. It was everywhere. Uh, right. Fair enough. I thought. Right. I mean, I thought it was pretty special. I did too, but what do we know? No, it was great. I mean, you know, hey, especially to do it on video. We're amateurs. We are, we're 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 easily impressed. Apparently, this is why we have you know professionals like Randy who actually know what they're talking about. Oh, it's and just, then idiots like me, and and this is this is perfect. But, uh, thank but, you for setting me straight. I, 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 I just boy. didn't. I didn't know you were that easily dazzled, man. That's just that's amazing. <laughs> that's really impressive. Right. That's really exciting. Have Marie get out the camera and go knock down some <laughs> beer cans in the back. You know what? That's not a bad idea. That's what we need for next week. Okay, that and the John Stearns picture. Let's go. Uh, All right. Uh, The Nationals, we're going to have a virtual uh, ring ceremony this weekend uh, on Zoom. Apparently, some of their star players said, you know what? We don't love that idea. Uh, So they backed off that. They're going to wait to do the ring ceremony until they can uh, be back in front of their fans. But they did uh, give out the rings or at least uh, announce what the rings would look like and show what they look like. Here's some video of all of this. Uh, look, there, there to me is not a World Series ring that isn't amazing, that isn't no. amazing and beautiful and impressive and everything like that. Uh, but uh, the great uh, Paul Lucas of UniWatch, Brady, I'm sure you saw this this morning. Yep. He, he pointed something out uh, that uh, for as amazing and beautiful as these rings are with the rubies and yes. the diamonds and the blue ones. Every uh, so day he finds an error in something. Huh? There's a typo. They have yep. a typo on this thing. Um, we're gonna have to wait, I guess, for the part of the video that shows it. But their their slogan last year, the Nats, was "Go one and zero every day." And every day in that sentence is two words, not one. But right. on the ring, it says "Go one and zero every day." Uh, one one word instead of two. Now, is that right. the biggest deal in the world? No. But if you're gonna have this giant hundred thousand dollar ring or whatever it is, I would like to get the uh, the grammar correct. That's just me. yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe hit the spell check button on uh, on the ring uh, <laughs> before you drop a hundred G's into it or whatever it was. So yeah, I I did see that and I was like, oh my gosh, of course they found um, an error there. So I I mean, you know, I wouldn't have noticed it, I don't think, and I'm kind of a um, grammar snob, and I probably would have missed it. Um, but yeah, sure enough, somebody found it and and they're right, and it shouldn't say that. It is pretty cool watching them go through each one of these angles and sides yeah. and telling the story. And I feel like sometimes they, after they design it, then they're like, what can we make up to make this uh, star for to symbolize? <laughs> um, but, you know, it does seem like it's pretty well made up. And I know these logo designers spend just countless hours on this this type of stuff. And there it is. There it is. Go one and zero every day. That should be two words every. No, they ran day. out of room, man. Look at they ran out of room. The font, yeah. then you go from a twelve Come to an on. eleven. We've all done. Oh that. man, then you can't read it. Oh. It does have baby shark inside, which is no. Okay, smart. right here. See, uh, there's yeah, there's baby shark, which is great. <laughs> but if you see on the right there, they're probably going to shift the angle now. The the other team's logos on a championship ring. I saw somebody say like, "Is this the first time this is?" I didn't catch if that was the first time or if that's no. Common. It, it's fairly common. It is on the inside yeah. of the ring to have the other yeah. the, the teams you beat. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. you know could 
<laughs> good for the the Brewers to make it on a ring. That's great. <laughs> yeah, great. It's a tough scene, man. I I, I hope the pod. I mean, I hope they're not on the inside of anybody's championship. Right? Yeah. I love the baby shark, though. Good for him. All right. Last thing uh, before we go, I believe, or next to last thing, uh, Brian Dozier, Padre infielder. Like Emilio Pagan, we are waiting for Brian Dozier to make his Padre debut. We had him on the show a few weeks ago. He's a wonderful guy. He, of course, was on that Nationals team. He's got the ring. We can ask him about it. Uh, he's home now in Mississippi with his family. Uh, we came across this over the weekend, a, a local news report uh, from near where he lives about a uh, basically a Sandlot baseball game, like a cul-de-sac baseball game that has uh, taken off. And what do you know? Brian Dozier is right in the middle of it. Is um, <laughs> in his uh, area uh, of town. I don't know if it's his specific neighborhood or not, but they've set this up to try and keep the kids uh, as sane as possible during these times. And he is like the coach of the girls team. I guess they play boys versus girls every day. Um, it's a it's a pretty cool story. You can check out the uh, reporter's social media, I'm sure, for the full video and everything like that. But they've uh, painted uh, the cul-de-sac to look like a baseball field. There they are spray painting a base. I guess the one guy he played, I think, collegiately, this guy, the one coach, uh, I think, at the University of Mississippi. Uh, and then Dozier's coaching the other team, uh, I guess, with his kids involved as well. So and this is cool. Oak Grove is in Mississippi, right? What's that? Oak Grove is in Mississippi. Correct? Yes, this is all in Mississippi. Yeah. M I S S. There's Dozier. There he is. And yeah, uh, Dodger so pretty fans cool. Mississippi. His team name, by the way, is the TikTokers, I believe, as you see, they do the TikTok. <laughs> and that was him. Yeah. That was Dozier in the back getting his TikTok awesome. on. That's pretty cool. Great. Pretty cool. World Series yeah. champion just playing uh, wiffle ball out front. So neat stuff right there. And uh, good on Brian Dozier helping those kids uh, pass the time a little bit. All right. Uh, Fox Sports San Diego uh, replaying classic games. Of course, you got another one coming up. Oh, less than a half an hour from now, 21 minutes away. Uh, this would be uh, the game in which Tony Gwynn would record his final big league hit. Uh, because uh, the other thing that happened was Phil Nevin hit three homers. Oh, is that all? Day in Padre history. Wow. All from the same side of the plate, though, so not really that impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Only three diggers. Yeah. I, I said it earlier. It's just who does Nevin think he is trying to big league Tony on his final game with his <laughs> final hit, hitting three jacks. Unbelievable. All right. That's, uh, that's what we got today. That game coming up on Fox Sports San Diego, 7 o'clock. And uh, obviously, Tony is the story there. Somebody could have hit six home runs, and it would have been the second most relevant thing. Uh, nice. Absolutely. There game. it is. There's there the, the final hit. Yeah. Sixth inning. All right. Uh, RJ, love you, man. Thanks for, for hanging hey, out. Uh, I tough know for the family. Best to everybody. Thanks. I appreciate that, guys, and I look forward to next week. We'll get together. Let's see what's going on. Randy, Maybe new news. another yeah. virtual hug for you, buddy. Thanks, brother. Thank you, man. Appreciate All it. Right. Brady, thank you again. And uh, thanks, of course, to Emilio Pagan and Heath Bell for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow at 530 with more fun and excitement. And who knows, maybe some more news as it relates uh, to the negotiation going on here. Trying to get a 2020 baseball season underway one way or the other. Uh, Hang in there, everybody. And uh, hopefully you're all staying safe and healthy. Talk to you tomorrow night.